How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Goligoski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy. Food for it, cheer for uh, kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. Carter scores! Well done, boy. There's some swagger. Push come to shove. We're going to get it done. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All right, so episode 70 of our podcast, and I kind of wish we had something more exciting to ring it in with other than news about Tanner Pearson being broken. That's not exciting at all, actually. Exciting in a horrible way, because it's like, well, let's see what the Kings are going to do now with one of their top producers uh, out. Initially, it was pretty clear, even from the video, that um, it was a leg injury or lower body injury because he couldn't put any weight on it. But it came out later, well, first they thought it was a broken ankle, then it came out later that he actually broke his um, left fibula, and he will require surgery. He was seen after the game against the Maple Leafs, apparently walking around on crutches with a cast on his leg. So he's around, he's about, he's not letting it keep him lying down, at least probably not until he gets surgery. So that's nice, but it's too bad, like Tanner Pearson's going to be out for a while. Uh, yeah, and it certainly doesn't help that, I mean, he's out to injury, so that's another, like one indefinite thing. He has to get surgery, he has to heal. We, of course, want him to heal completely before he comes back. Whether or not that actually is going to be the case, we'll see. But uh, it doesn't help that this comes on the heels of Tyler Toffoli being out with mono, and just, like, depleting all of the King's, uh, like, offensive stores, basically. Not all of them, but quite a bit of them. Yeah. Leaving poor Jeff Carter. Leaving Dead poor Jeff man. Carter, like, all alone, centering no one. <laughs> yeah, now he's on Kopitar's wing, or at least he was for much of the game um, against the Maple Leafs. And then after a while, he was put on the line with Mike Richards. It was, like, Gabrick. Richards and Carter and I think that was just sort of to give Kopitar a little more room to breathe and see if he could create some more offense because he was playing really well actually to make things horrible so okay first of all it was Martin Jones birthday (laughs) and on Martin Jones birthday the news that we got was that Tyler Toffoli was out for some unknown period of time with mononucleosis and then during the game Tanner Pearson gets hurt and then in the very next game against the Maple Leafs Ajay Kopitar gets hit in the face with a puck and it was terrifying so it's been a very rough few days for Kings fans hoping that this team cannot fall into a January slump and then it's like just kidding even if they play pretty well possession wise so many other things are going to happen to them we honestly thought that the worst that would happen would that they would go on an eight game losing streak or you know their possession numbers would drop not that the team would literally fall apart like you know when you play uh, like Super Mario Brothers or something and you jump on those skeletons and <laughs> at, or you step on bones or whoever and then they just all like go crumpling down and it makes that really satisfying noise? That's kind of the kings right now. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, that is how I feel. There was one point where I think it was Gabrick because of course I, that's the person I would be worried about. Like he took a, he slid into the boards really hard and he was fine. Like he got up right away. But I did have a moment of like, Please, not somebody else. Just everybody be cool. And then Kopitar came back, but it was it was a rough few minutes. And you could tell that people were worried. Like, 
Kings fans are always worried when Kopitar seems to get hurt or anything, but you could tell that they were especially relieved because as soon as he got back on the ice, before it was even announced, like people were already like cheering a little bit, <laughs> just seeing his number out there. So uh, I'm glad that Kopitar wasn't hurt. <laughs> listening to the broadcast, because uh, I was listening to it on the radio, and you could hear the cheering from like, you know, the background. And I was like, oh, Kopitar must be back. And then, you know, they verified <laughs> yeah. that. And so it was it was kind of funny that not funny, but I, it makes sense that everyone's always extremely worried about what happens to Kopitar. Yeah. And I'm always I always find it at least vaguely amusing those reminders that people are paying that close attention. I mean, because obviously, you know, you're at the game. The point is to pay close attention. But sometimes it, I'm just like, oh, wow, like he literally just you must have been just like eyes on that bench the whole time he was gone to see like, oh, he's immediately back out there a shift later. Pretty much, I assume after they took him to the to uh, the back just to do a concussion check, um, because that's he wasn't very gone very long at all. So I'm glad that they did do that check. But also, I'm glad that he doesn't appear to be hurt. Yeah, I think I read somewhere on Twitter, I forget who said it, but Kopitar was, like, refusing to go into the dressing room. He just wanted to go, like, right back onto the ice. And I guess I understand that urge. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want to miss a shift or whatever, and you want to, I think, in some instances, I would assume that players would want to prove to themselves as well that they're fine. But go get checked. Don't be dumb. Check your head, please. (laughs) (laughs) Your head's very important. Uh, that just reminds me of Mike Richards and during like the Western Conference final, or yeah, yeah, the Western Conference final, and I was just like, God, you 100% have a concussion. Please just stop. Stop playing. I know. You don't need to prove I... anything. You're a tough guy. I get it. You're scrappy. We like you. You don't need to, you know, <laughs> threaten your future. I think because um, people were talking about Mike Richards quite a bit this past week, I was thinking actually about that fact like that game because I was trying to remember like when is the last time that Kings fans were like really behind Mike Richards (laughs) as a fandom because I feel like right now the discussion has been that there is it's been suggested that there seems to be some divide among Kings fans like people are like pretty much ready to give up on Mike Richards if you let some people tell it I don't know so I was like yeah when was the last time people were really behind him and I think it might be that moment <laughs> is the last time Kings fans were all like, yeah, like, thank goodness Mike Richards was there. And it's kind of weird and bittersweet because he was definitely concussed. Oh, yeah, like 100 uh, percent. Every time. Uh, who was it that hit him? And I was just like, we were both so worried that that would be the end. I'm pretty sure it was Andrew Shaw. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Because that is the person that would do that. Yeah, where it was like, he came, when he played that game in game five, he started on the fourth line. And it was funny because at the time, that was like unheard of, Mike Richards on the fourth line. But it was because we were like, oh, we're just seeing every, you could tell they were just making sure that his head was in the right place. Spoiler alert, it probably wasn't anyway. But throughout the game, he got moved up and there was that sort of, I guess, test for himself or whatever, but partway through the game where Andrew Shaw did take him out. And I was like, hello, (laughs) could you please be careful with the precious cargo? Uh, Guys being so careless. It hurts me. Mike Richards, though, the past two games with the guys out of the lineup has now seen some time with Jeff Carter. Like I mentioned at the end of this game, he he took a few shifts. I don't know exactly how long um, they were taking shifts together, but it was only in the third period, I believe. And then Last game, once um, Pearson went down and stuff, uh, there were some instances of Jeff Carter being his winger again. So 
back into older but familiar territory with the kings now. Yeah, I wonder if he was... I mean, I'm sure that they don't even care, but it's more of a narrative that everyone else follows. Like, excited to see Richards and Carter back together again. I, of course, want stuff to happen. Like, I want them to score goals or something. Uh, most, I just want Mike Mike Richards to do well. Yeah. He he had um, a great moment in this game where he, I forget exactly what the shift was now, but he blocks a scoring chance um, that pretty probably would have been a goal. So um, he had a good some good moments here and there. It's kind of interesting how he sort of become the focus of, or like this this like beacon of dissent <laughs> among Kings fans, <laughs> where people just can't agree on anything. Him and probably um, Jonathan Quick, who is now whose save percentage is now dropped to nine thirteen after starting out really strong this season. Those two people divisive figures among Kings fans. I loved, I think it was, the, the Royal have retweeted a bunch of people being like, all right, well, Jones got another shutout, like, start him, quick is terrible, and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> this is going to happen now. Yeah, we should, okay, we should get into talking about Barton Jones' shutout, and, but first, what I want to say is, like, I'm really happy that he got it, and that's really great. I hope it, you know, sort of sparks him playing really well in this next few games. But it's not like Quick was the only goaltender who has been bad for the last, like, month and a half prior to this game, or month or so prior to this game. Bart Jones was bad in his games, too. <laughs> the Kings had two bad goaltenders for the month of December. Pretty rough. It's just that Martin Jones has so few, like, games that he plays. So every yeah, once true. in a while, like, what he it's what, seven shutouts now in his career? And just like, so, like, every once in a while when he comes out, it's probably likely that he's going to get a shutout. Like, not just a win, (laughs) but a shutout. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I think people are just like, oh, yeah, this is him, normal style. And you're like, wait, he's been, he doesn't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) I Like, obviously not not to discount Martin Jones, but, like, he's not playing day in, day out like Jonathan Quick is. Right, right, true, yes. Everyone, calm down. Take a step, step back. A little bit of context there. Like, let's not forget that they both have been struggling recently. But yeah, like, you know, that said, holy crap, Mark Jones with seven career shutouts in only 26 games started. That is insanity. Um, what I love is that I think uh, LA Kings PR tweeted out the fact that this is like the fastest um, seven game shutout that's been in like modern NHL history. Um, and he passed wow. up Steve Mason, which is funny because oh. <laughs> he was trailing Steve Mason quite a while for whatever that other stat was. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so finally, better than Steve Mason. Martin I had did. something who could have predicted this. Right? So good. But yeah, I'm, I was so excited for him to get another shout out. He played really well. And both or the Kings and the Leafs, like neither team had like a crazy wealth of shots. The Kings just barely ended the game with more shots on goal and they had a grand total of 20. So it's not like it was the most like high event like hockey that we've seen from either of those teams, but from the Kings in, in a while. So still, every it seemed like when the Kings, I think at even strength, the Leafs actually had more scoring chances, at least in the third period. Martin Jones still had to make a few really, really good saves, um, is what I'm saying, basically, even though it wasn't the craziest night. And so he really earned it, I thought. There were a few where, like, because, especially, like, the Kings went on the penalty kill a few times, there were a few where I was like, 
I don't know <laughs> because their their PK has been trash lately. Um, but he he did really well. He stepped up, and the other players had some great defensive plays too. It it was nice. So it's a good game to go to. Uh, how was even though he didn't score a goal? How was the thrill? Thrilling, as always. Here's the thing about Phil Kessel. Number one, I love him. <laughs> <laughs> In my head, I am once again just reciting these things with you. Um, uh, Secondly, there's just no denying that he is very obviously all the time the biggest offensive threat on that Leafs team. And so anytime he had the puck, I was both excited and terrified. But a couple of players made really great defensive plays to deny him scoring opportunities. One of them was Alec Martinez. I believe it was during the second period. He had, like, it could, like, Kessel could have been pretty wide open to get a nice scoring chance, and um, Alec Martinez had him covered and ended up basically pushing him into the boards. Um, Awesome. And then the Kings, I think, recovered the puck. And then there was another one, I forget which period it was in, but I think it was um, actually Braden McNabb, maybe, uh, where I saw I was like shocked. I was like, great job, Braden McNabb taking on Phil Kessel. Wonderfully done. (laughs) So (laughs) as as much as I do like watching Phil Kessel be scary on the ice, I also really enjoyed watching Kings players figure out how to shut down someone who could have, I mean, the game was one nothing for most of the night. So it was like good to see them prevent him from being too too much of a legitimate threat and then there was one i think really great opportunity that he had one or two really great opportunities that got through to the net and uh martin jones made those saves so wonderful job yeah it's kind of funny because you were saying that it was like a very calm night um Mm -hmm. and it was i guess it wasn't as like hectic as as other games have been but it's funny that it wasn't because it was just like a one goal game for the entirety of the game. Yeah. So you would think, I mean, especially since they scored 37 seconds in, um, it was a one goal game pretty much the entire game. So I'm surprised that there it wasn't more like chippy, a little bit more aggressive, faster, like hectic and crazy. So it's kind of interesting that that did not happen. And the Kings weren't even at their best. And so the, the Leafs weren't doing anything to capitalize on that. It's Yeah, it's very straight. Like you would think that one goal games, especially because the Kings have struggled in one goal games. If you're the Leafs, you're like, I'm taking everything to the net. <laughs> I don't care if it's good or like a shot that's not very threatening. Just put it all on net because this team is having trouble in one goal games right now and the score is so close. So I think credit to the Leafs in that they suppressed the number of shots that the Kings had um, as well. But again, the Kings are a little bit depleted offensively. At the same time, though, it was interesting that like you said, with that one goal game that the Leafs didn't step it up even harder. Um, I don't really know who that's a testament to because the Kings have been a team that allow four goals a game very recently. Uh, so good job and bad job to both sides in a way. Um, it was, yeah, it was very strange to see. Speaking of, so I have a question. Since you said you were listening on the radio, did you hear it from the very beginning of the game? Uh, no, I tried to listen to the broadcast. Okay. Uh, and then my internet was crazy, so I went to the radio. Did you, so did you, like, see everything, what the, like, basically, I want to know how that goal was called on television or on the radio, because it was very strange in the building. Well, I had thought that it had gone in, and, because I thought, I distinctly saw it behind, (laughs) uh, like, behind the goal, and people stopped for a second, and then kept playing, and then everyone was just waiting for things to happen. 
I don't know. I was just kind of, I yeah. was personally looking around my room like that was going to help. Like, wait, what's going on? And like looking around <laughs> to see, like to make someone do something. But I don't know. Yeah. First of all, that whole sequence ended up being very exciting to see. Um, and Kopitar also like raises hands like celebration, but then the ref waves it off and everybody's confused. Like, pretty sure most of the people in Sable Center thought it was a goal because it was. <laughs> and so we all had this moment, everybody that I was um, sitting around, we had this moment where all of us were in that like weird, like butts hovering midair position. Oh, <laughs> we're not quite I know. standing up to celebrate. I know that very well. <laughs> so the aborted celebration, but then it was totally a goal. And then it was like a great looking goal when they showed the replay. So it was like very strange for the Kings to not be able to get to celebrate it when it happened. Uh, yeah, it's strange that that's happened twice, both times with the puck going off the camera inside. And uh-huh. the, like the Dowdy one, it was like a shot from like practically the blue line. So I kind of understand why you might not think that that had gone in. And it was like a lot quicker than Kopitar's, but even like real time, not, you know, knowing anything. I thought it went in. And I was watching, like, that. I might as well have been watching on dial-up. I was watching the weirdest, choppiest <laughs> broadcast of this. Even then, I could tell that it was a goal. So that's why I was like, did I see something wrong? It's like, the, are the angles weird? Did the ref see something that I didn't? Um, that they yeah. had waved it off. So that was very, quite confusing. Yeah, that was, it was really strange. But I'm glad that they did review it and see that it went in. It was, in fact, a goal the way we all thought. <laughs> And then, and then I liked Kopitar's little thumbs up on, from the bench afterwards. No no hugs and, like, fist bumps down the line. Instead, just, like, thumbs up for everyone down the bench. Right, yeah. Good job, team. We all did it. Super cute. So, yeah, it was a great goal. And, again, no scoring, really, through the rest of the game. But, I like, Kopitar played really well. I had these moments watching it. And I, I, I say this as if it's novel. It happens constantly when I watch the case. Even though the game was pretty calm, or at least it felt that way for a lot of the players on the ice, Kopitar was awesome. And he is one of those players, like he had the goal tonight and then he had an assist on the empty net goal that the Kings got at the very end of the game. So he picked up two points. He's a points leader. He's got 34 total now. But just watching him on the ice, like, He's so good, and <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous how privileged I feel to watch Kopitar play hockey. Like, I just had this moment sitting there. And again, I will actually, I don't remember, I don't think I mentioned it at the top of this podcast. I'm getting a little sick, so if I sound loopy, maybe that's why. But sitting there in my slightly loopy state, watching Andre Kopitar play, it was just watching him, like, recover the puck against the boards constantly. It seemed like almost every time there was a board battle and he was one of the people involved in it, he would find a way to come up with a puck. And watching him all the time, it's easy to take that for granted, but then there are definitely moments where I see it and I'm like, he's just so good. (laughs) And you can just trust that he's going to do stuff like that all the time. Yeah, he was definitely pretty darn good in this game. And uh, Drew Doughty was also... Uh, pretty darn mm-hmm. good in this game as well. So, I mean, good showing by all the Kings. Yeah, I have to say, Dowdy had that check on Santorelli to prevent a scoring chance, and it literally made people like jump back <laughs> in their seats. <laughs> it was a pr- it was a pretty brutal hit. Like he lined him up and just let loose. Yeah, and it was just like a nice good like. When I always laugh when um, like broadcasters, I, I don't know. It, it sounds like super old timey, but like, oh, that was a good hockey hit or whatever. But that was a good fucking hockey hit. Like that was Ugh. legitimate. 
Yeah. I've, and I've, I've mentioned before how I don't really care that much about fighting, but I really like checking because it can be an integral part, obviously, to the playmaking. And I feel like that, it was a brutal hit, but he was trying to prevent a scoring opportunity in the King's defensive zone. Like, that's exactly the kind of check, yeah, that you want to see. So I loved it, but it definitely, even the replay still made some people, like, jump up, like, oh my god, <laughs> I can't believe that just happened. It was intense. It's funny to see a, a hit render people speechless. That's not usually an event during a hockey game that'll, un- unless it leads to, like, an injury or it's, you know, something like that. Usually it's just like, oh, that was a really good hit, and then you kind of move right. on. But that was, like, that was one to comment on. We're like, wait a second, I need a moment <laughs> after that. Pretty much. Is everybody okay? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was really good. Uh, speaking of fighting really quick, um, so Clifford got into a fight um, early in the game, and um, I don't really care about fights either. My only thing that I want to mention is that as Jim Fox was talking about it, he talked about how, um, who was it, Bodie that he fighted, he fought with? Yes. How Bodie was big. He's 6'5 or something like that. But nobody had a bigger heart than Kyle Clifford. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. I don't know what kind of narrative <laughs> Jim Fox is running with. But nobody has a bigger heart than Kyle Clifford. <laughs> what does that have Apparently. to do with a fight? I, I mean, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is basically like grit or something like that. Heart. I mean, if you want to call it that, I like to call it a certain amount of craziness. Like, that's how I felt like anytime Mike Richards like takes on somebody who's like twice his size, it seems like you're insane. You can call it heart. I think you're crazy. But, you know, good luck. That's like also uh, Brendan Gallagher's existence. Because yeah, he's like constantly being an absolute pest and then straight up laughing at other people's faces about it, <laughs> which I find super charming. That's an element that I think a lot of the Kings players who do fight that they don't really have is that they, they don't do a whole lot of the, the like smiling in people's faces to taunt them. The person who does that is Drew Doughty, but he's not a fighter. Um, but he does seem to infuriate people by smiling. Like, I, I can't remember what it was now, but there was that time he got like pushed into the bench. I think it was during the playoffs where he got pushed into the bench or something and just popped up smiling. <laughs> and, you know, not affected. And it, it really irritates people. But I feel like the fighters on the Kings team don't do that a whole lot. It's because the heart doesn't get tired, Chanel. They're 100% engaged in those fights. <laughs> I did see it mentioned, though, that Clifford hadn't fought in like 23 games or something, which was exciting to me because I feel like they had a num- they had a lot of fights to start the season when the Kings were playing really well. So I'm really glad that now that they don't have very much time for fighting because they're playing very well. Good, good job, teams, for not just devolving into aimless face punching to get your momentum. Yeah. They're like, we've got better things to do, like generate shot attempts. Um, really quick, the Kings record now is 20-13-10, which is good for 50 points. And can I tell you something slightly unexpected about that? Yes, I would love to hear it. They are, I mean, of course, the Anaheim Ducks, I barely count them because they're already at 60 and they seem to do this all the time now. But the Kings... This Kings team, who are missing scorers and who seem to not be able to win as much as they should and whatnot, somehow the second team in the Pacific to reach 50 points. I find that kind of strange. How did that happen? Not to, like, completely rag on all of the other teams or whatever, but I think this is more of the other teams are doing worse than the Kings doing that well. I mean, I guess it's those just, like, overtime points, those, like, little extra times that, uh, that boosted the Kings up. 
But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of hilarious and unexpected. It is. It's that's the thing. Like it is totally those overtime points because the only teams in the Pacific Division with fewer wins than the Kings are Arizona and Edmonton. That sounds terrible. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Even like Calgary has 22, San Jose has 22, Vancouver has 23, and Anaheim has 27. But the thing is like the Kings have all of those overtime lost points. They have 10 where those other teams like don't have as many. Um, they're still, it's not like they've pulled way ahead. Like they, all they did was leapfrog San Jose and Vancouver who both have 49. But it's still interesting that like is disheartening as those overtime losses have been sometimes, especially the ones in the shootout, which it seems like the Kings are just never lucky in shootouts right now, that still those points, you know, they mean something. They're helping them out a little bit. Well, it's whenever we talk about, you know, trying to get the Kings to do well, that that the loss of those points, especially after they work so hard, like especially in that Nashville game, is a little bit of a slap in the face. But uh, I will always think of last season with the the New Jersey Devils not being able to win a single flipping shootout and not get a single point from or like that extra point like those one extra points here and there matter uh whether it's you know losing in a in a shootout and so not getting that the two points or in this case battling back when maybe you shouldn't have really made it to overtime um in the first place and you know still getting getting that point so those little things add add up and I mean, it's it's good, I guess, in this case. It's usually devastating when we see that they've lost to, like, the Flames um, in overtime. Right. But in this case, uh, it's not too shabby, and I'm kind of happy about the loser point. Right, yeah. Like, it's good at the moment. Obviously, they still need to put together more wins. Because, like, if they were in the Central Division, like, that's the other thing. Similar to this time last season where they got really lucky when they were, like, getting shut out a bunch and not winning games. Like, they lost five games in a row twice in the same month. They got lucky because Vancouver had, like, cooled off, so the Kings stayed, like, third in the Pacific Division pretty much the whole time. They've gotten lucky that San Jose and Vancouver and Calgary have cooled off some so that the Kings are able, like, they were able to leapfrog those teams and then get up to, for tonight anyway, second in the Pacific Division. So now I would hope that this, even though they didn't play super great in this game, but they would please finally put together um, a few wins going a little bit of a streak to really give themselves a chance to pull out ahead and not just sort of be lucky because of those overtime loss points. Um, But for the moment, it's good. I'm glad for them. They're helping. Yeah, I mean, hopefully this will be like kickstart them into gear, but with the lack of a few key players... Um, it's a little dicey. Yeah, it'll be interesting going forward. Part of me is excited because, you know, I want to see how the Kings respond as a team to having the adjustments. But at the same time, I also want them to win games. So <laughs> uh, I hope they respond well. I want Andre to get a goal. Andre. There was a moment in the game against the Leafs where I thought he might. Didn't happen, of course. But maybe. Now's the time. Yeah, now now now's your time to shine, Andre. <laughs> Although actually the fourth line was like pretty terrible for most of the Leafs game. It was very disheartening. I was worried every time they were on ice. <laughs> okay, so maybe not it's not looking so good. <laughs> yeah. Um oh, but uh, we didn't mention Pearson is officially on injured reserve, so the Kings have called up Nick Shore from Manchester. So he's around. Hopefully he makes his debut at some point soon. He's been playing really well in the AHL. 
I believe it was 41 points in 37 AHL games. Not bad. So he'll play at some point, but yeah, he didn't he didn't play tonight. But he's he's among the people. I, I changed my mind. I don't want Andre to get a goal. I would like Nick Shore to get a goal because <laughs> I like Nick Shore and then I think it'd be funny. Braden McNabb still doesn't have a goal either. I know, but he has ten points. That's true. He has ten assists, whereas Andre only has nothing. <laughs> <laughs> He only has zero. <laughs> so in that case, Braden McNabb is, uh, is way, way on top of uh, Andre there. And I'm literally... To to Andreoff, he's only played 10 games. Yeah, I know. Um, and also, I am no, no longer, like, I don't even think about his real name. I literally just say Andre. I don't have to think, oh, it's the joke that we call him Andre. <laughs> His name is just Andre. That's his name. His name is Andre Andiov. Yep. <laughs> I I definitely have moments where I have to pause and like think about it a little bit. Like which um, is which is the correct term? Yeah. What's his real name? I've confused myself too much. So yeah, he so he's around. Um, I hope he scores eventually too. Jeff Schultz, who I still continue to forget about, also playing with the Kings right now. I would forget mid game. I like. Remembered yeah. again, you know, when he got that delay of penalty game, uh, d- delay of penalty, uh, delay of game penalty. Um, but for the most part, I, I literally, it's like having a constant, like, amnesia sort of thing. Um, I would hear his name mentioned during the play by play. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Jeff Schultz wouldn't be on the ice, completely forget about him. He'd come back on, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a player. I realize also with Schultz watching tonight, I realize that I just, I'm not sure how to feel about him. Like there were some times where like the Leafs would make a play or whatever. And I'd be like surprised when he actually defended it. And then the Kings regained possession. I don't know why. Like, I just, I just don't know whether to trust him or, or not. And so every time I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Please be okay when he's doing things on the ice. But he, he, he seemed solid tonight. We just haven't seen him play enough or consistently enough. Or remembered that he's been on the ice. Yeah, every, th- every time he does something nice, I'm like, oh, what a present, pleasant surprise. <laughs> Please do it again. <laughs> I guess that's kind of nice. Like, n- like lower your expectations. Don't expect too much. So when you do something nice, it's like, all right. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's how I went into this game. Like, in my head, I was like, all right, first period. Let's just not allow three goals, Kings. Let's see if you can do it. And then they did it. <laughs> they didn't allow any goals, actually. So... Speaking of speaking of goals, a goal that usually doesn't really matter, that being the empty net goal, that was such a fancy empty net goal. It was, yeah, just so that was pretty. so nice. It was so nice. <laughs> I mean, for a team, like, usually it's like, oh, the Kings have a chance at the empty net. They're not hitting it. <laughs> but as I saw that develop, I was like, ooh. Yeah, the fact that. that it was, like, a legitimate tic-tac-toe empty netter. Yeah. Um was kind of charming it was very it was very nice it was a nice it was a pleasant way to end the game it was fun too because I, I feel like you could actually see them sort of set up that little play like they took a moment looked around <laughs> and it was like all right bang 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 it's in the net now like even even Gabrick took like a second <laughs> to change how he was gonna put it into the net which I thought you know way to rub it in a little bit but cool <laughs> I'm for it Oh, that was so nice. So yeah, that yeah, that I mean, yeah, it was a weird game against Leafs, but it was really fun. Um, uh, oh, we didn't talk at all really about All Stars. Like we mentioned, Kopitar and Dowdy like playing well, but 
it's nice to see they were both voted to go to the All-Star game. Pearson was too, until he was unceremoniously ripped from our King's lives <laughs> for a while. I'm like slightly afraid that the next game Dowdy is gonna, you know, jam his shoulder or something like that because the All Star, like being named the All Star uh, game, is like some sort of curse. Seriously, it has worked out so unfortunately for the Kings so far. Um, I'm glad that it seems like Kopitar escaped his brush with death unscathed. It's like Final Destination right now with the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> So. And we're not being dramatic at all. <laughs> this is real. This is real. What's happening right so, now? So Kopitar survived. It skips him. It's on to the next person. Maybe it's Dowdy because he voted to the All Star. He was voted to the All Star game, um, or chosen to be in the All Star game. I hope it's not, but that's what it feels like. Well, at this point, like it really could just be any Kings player. Seriously, that's true. Oh, man. Oh, Kings. I don't know. Are there any other Kings things? I'm excited about... Did we did we talk last week about um, Daryl Sutter being named the coach? Probably. Oh, no. No, no, no. I think it was... Or did we talk... I think it was made about official the... right after. So, yes. Oh, okay. So, he's going. And it seemed like a perfect opportunity to test out his suggestions for changing the NHL. All of which are fabulous. All um, of them. He wants to... Well, he thinks that backup goaltenders should be made to be broadcasters during the game. He thinks that you should get rid of penalty boxes, which he's said before, but he elaborated by adding that he would just take players during penalties and sit them on the opposing team's bench, which seems like a grand opportunity for some quality chirping. And he would also, my favorite is, instead of the warm-ups we are used to seeing, everybody, both teams get together, do some yoga, center ice probably led by Jared Stoll in the case of the Kings. I am so for a bunch of fit athletes doing yoga, like in the middle of an ice rink for me. I'm going to say it's for me because I'm going to think it's for me. (laughs) And in the words of Tina Belcher from Bob's Burgers, butts. Just that, just butts. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That is how I feel as well. We have talked about this already, but... I'm going to repeat it so that everybody can hear it. Um, you know, I think about the fact that like the King's practice facility it was renovated over this past summer. And I think even into the preseason, they were still finishing it up. Anyway, I hope that means that they have a room for Jared Stoll to lead the team in yoga. And um, I am upset that it has taken so long for the um, King's vision or whatever to get a camera up in there. <laughs> because I want to see it. I need to see everybody doing their stretches. Yeah, I really need to see Team Yoga. We got, like, a glimpse with him during, like, that King's Weekly thing, doing yoga on his own. But now I need to see Jarrett Stoll, Yogi, um, leading mm-hmm. his team in stretches. There was even a post on the King's site a couple weeks ago, I think, that basically talked a little bit more with him about him, like, doing yoga and how he likes it. So, I'm like, clearly it's a thing that they're gonna revisit. Could they revisit it in a way that benefits me the most by getting a camera on a team-wide yoga sesh? Yeah, what's Thanks. this bullshit, like, reporting on yoga in text? <laughs> right. That's not what anybody... This needs. isn't Nobody for journalism. Is like- this is for, like... Gossip video, like, style, um, like, shows or something like that. Nobody is like, I love yoga pants. Let me read a paragraph about them. No, I want to see people in their very um, form-fitting yoga-ready uh, outfits on video. 
Y'all, we want to see butts and thighs, all right? <laughs> um, I weird. talk about this all the time. Even during the King's practices where they do, like, their little cool-down yoga after practice, Jonathan Quick basically goes onto the ice and just sits in the splits for a while. It's very important to me. And I need to see that replicated when he's not wearing goalie pads. I'm just going to put that out in the universe. Maybe it will finally happen. I've been waiting for it for years. Please. <laughs> I really hope that this is the year. This is the year that it happens. As a gift to you personally. They've won championships, but I have yet to achieve my personal holy grail. Please. But I'm, I'm actually really excited to see uh, Daryl Sutter uh, coach other players. Yes. Um, to talk to other players, just in general. Mm-hmm. To tell jokes and uh, use whatever, whatever metaphors come into his head. It's going to be great. I, like, I'm so excited for every opportunity that they have to talk to Daryl Sutter during the All-Star festivities like they should because he's going to be entertaining the whole time. Also, I believe Chris Sutter is going with him. So I am also excited to see other NHL players come to know and enjoy Chris Sutter because he's great. I'm, like, so excited for Chris Sutter because he's going to have such a good time. <laughs> he's so good. Like, I love that he's become a key part of King's games and like people love to see him on the Jumbotron. It's, it's amazing. He's so awesome. Yeah. I, I really love that. And like the all-star game is, you know, a place where people are going to get pumped up and like, it's all, it's good. You're supposed to do that. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see him as like a, like a, a major part of the cheerleading crowd. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think it'll be awesome. And yeah, uh, Sutter's coaching, Sutter and the coaching staff for the Kings are going to coach up against Peter Laviolette, the Preds, their people. So so I think that'll be fun. We'll see if everyone stays healthy for, everyone stays put together for uh, this game here. Yeah, that's the challenge now. Final Destination All-Star Game. That's how I'm thinking of Man, it now. It's a dangerous game, Everybody hockey. please make it out alive. Um, oh, because I don't want to pass up another opportunity to talk about Kopitar, Sportsnet posted, I guess it was in Sportsnet Magazine, but it's also online, an article about Kopitar and how he's finally gaining more recognition. It was great. Um, well, a little a little tidbit among them is that it confirmed, I mean, I guess it had been in Slovenian articles and stuff that Kopitar was expecting. Him and his wife were expecting a baby. Um, not Andre himself. He's not pregnant. I don't That would be weird. <laughs> but <laughs> um, his wife is pregnant and it's a baby girl. <laughs> That's very exciting. I'm so excited for a little Kopitar. Um, also, full disclosure, I like totally cried during that article. <laughs> oh my god, like I read it first thing in the morning and it just made me so emotional. <laughs> what a way to start the day. Yeah, everyone was like, oh, this is giving me feelings. And I'm like, okay, feelings, I can handle feelings. But then they were like tearful, emotional feelings. And I was not ready for that when I was reading <laughs> yeah. it. It's not like a whole lot of it was necessarily things that we hadn't read before or I mean if anything it was like expanding on things we had heard stuff about but for some reason just the way it was threaded together it really got to me I mean just like the image of little Andre Kopitar sitting in his father's like stall and his dad's his hockey hero and he's shy so he doesn't look at anybody or talk to them and then he eventually has to leave home and his family stays up till 
or like gets up at 4 30 in the morning to you know listen to games called on crappy computer feeds or something like that and they don't even speak english but they hear his name like it it was all too much like yeah refreshing the refreshing the box score to see the first game that he played yeah. and he scored a goal during it and cheering that it's like that is too and like how much he loves his family and like that is too much that is legitimately too much oh uh, yeah it it killed me it was it was great though i'm glad that that piece of something that was written because obviously like Sportsnet is a big deal for the NHL in Canada. Yeah. I just, I just like people spending time talking about Andre Kopitar and how he's great. And and maybe like having recently read that contributed to me tonight, just like watching him (laughs) focusing on him even more than usual, because I don't know, he's great. He's just an excellent player to be able to watch. Uh, Kopitar's, they're going to have like the cutest little family. I can't deal with it. I'm calling out sick. When his baby is born. <laughs> I'm sorry. Andre Kopitar is a dad now. You understand. It's like times like these where I wish I had some sort of like cubicle or my own office or something like that. Just like to take a moment. <laughs> right. I'll be okay. Like screw screw these like modern open open plan workspaces and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody look at me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nobody I'm looking at me because face. I'm crying and reaching at my computer screen. <laughs> like what are you doing? Look, I can't handle it. Andre Kopitar, the prince of Slovenia and Los Angeles. Um, yes, yeah, I yeah, I am already so stoked for the selfies that include him, his baby girl, and Gusel. Whoa, is the internet ready? I don't think so. First family of hockey. Right there. <laughs> so true. Oh man. Um, I don't know. I guess perhaps it, are, is there any other are there other things you want to talk about or should we sort of leave it on that? Everybody dreaming wistfully of Andre Kopitar and how he's great and loves everybody. Even if I had something else I want to talk about, let's just, let's end on like the best note that you could, which is Andre Kopitar. So true. <laughs> All the time. All right, then let, uh, I guess, run through our quick spiel of what we do. Um, tickets for the Kings. They still have some home games, including the Rob Blake jersey retirement ceremony happening on Saturday. Um, if you want to get tickets or whatever, our schedule page, TicketMonster.com. Uh, it's good. I've used it. It works. It's great. Um, an alternative to StubHub and whatnot. Um, Twitter. If you don't follow us, we are at thanksbud, T-H-X-B-U-D, or individually, I am at Chanel Berlin. And I'm at aka Diane Fan. You are also welcome to email us anytime. We are chirp at thanksbud.com. Um, we check all those emails all the time and we'll respond to you because we're nice to people and we like interacting with fellow fans. Otherwise, take care of yourselves and we will talk to you again next week. Hopefully I won't have a cold then, but hopefully the Kings will have won some more games. How about that trade-off? Sounds like all positives to me. I like that. Being healthy and Kings winning, I'll take it. Yeah. All right, guys. Once again, thanks for listening. Take care of yourselves. Goodbye, friends. Bye, everyone.